At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, everyone, my lovely people. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for Ghost of Ghost Heaps with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast for you guys. Joining me in segment number two, we're going to be joined by Evan Miyakawa. He is one of the best college basketball statisticians that you are going to find on the face of planet Earth. He does so many things to take a look at the game of college basketball. He adds new wrinkles every single year. I know that he's gotten into comparing his numbers against the Vegas spread, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that and how his way of handicapping might be a little bit different than the traditional way of handicapping and how he does take a look at just some of these big differentials that we do find in a lot of games. So we're certainly going to be hitting upon that. I know that he's done a great job of highlighting blue guys and trying to put some quantifiable numbers as to what they mean to their team. So we're going to be diving in on that front, how he's gauged some of these additions in the transfer portal, some of the teams that he is bullish on coming into the season as well. It's going to be a nice, complete chat with our good friend Evan in segment number two, and unfortunately, we really didn't get anything with regards to college basketball news on Friday. We're starting to see some of these media polls come out in terms of projector or finishes with regards to these conferences. I personally don't read too much into them. Sometimes you get some really bad media polls out there, like when Oregon State was pretty much on par with Arizona a few years ago when Arizona became a top two seed in the NCAA tournament and Oregon I think won three games that year so yeah I don't take a lot with regards to those media polls I apologize if you do that's your prerogative but we have found that sometimes some of these media members well they are covering a little bit too much football and not spending enough time on the basketball front so they need to be listening to this podcast daily coast to coast hoops which I appreciate all of you guys that do and if you ever do have a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you have one of two ways we offer those in first one is my twitter slash x timeline at unit underscore d1 keep in mind letters m they mean us not matter so as per usual please do send these into the timeline other ways find an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated and then from there you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five that five star review this one is a nice and short open just because we've got a nice wide-ranging chat with Evan coming up in segment number two so we'll take our break and get into it next right here on Cus Cus Heaps with myself Greg Eats Peterson now a part of the Heaps at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Abes Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family, a podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as we are being joined by one of the greatest statisticians that you're going to find out there on the face of planet Earth, Evan Miakow. He does great work over at his website, evanmia.com. I know that this week he came out with some absolutely tremendous preseason rankings. He's done a great job looking at just the impact that some of these players via the transfer portal are going to be having taking a look at individual players, how some of these specific lineups are going to be impacting these teams as well. We've got a lot to dive into with our good friend Evan, who you're able to follow on Twitter slash X at Evan Mia, that is E-V-A-N, and then M-I-Y-A altogether. And Evan, great to have you aboard. Thank you. 
It's great to be here, Greg. It's fun that we finally get to talk about college hoops with it just around the corner. So I'm excited to get into it. I am as well. And Evan, first things first, just with regards to this offseason, did you change anything with regards to your process from past off seasons? Because as we know, there was a record amount of transfers and along with a lot of those transfers as well. Just lots of speculation with regards to these waivers as to whether or not guys will slash will not be eligible. And even as we do this conversation in mid-October, there is a little bit of question mark as to some of these guys that we think are big-time transfers, whether or not they're going to be out there on the floor night number one. Yeah, handling transfers is becoming such a huge part of my preseason projection process. And so, yeah, this offseason, I did tweak some things in terms of how my model works, both in terms of predicting how transfers are going to be uh, going to new teams and kind of how that compares to the maybe slightly decreasing impact of freshmen because of the fact that they have so much more competition with incoming transfers on the teams that they're on. That's been a, a really important piece for me to tackle this offseason. So there's been some tweaks there. There's honestly a lot of details that go on behind the scenes that I can't really explain exactly for how I manage to improve these models and predictions, but there's a lot going on there. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I know that you've done a great job taking a look at the transfer portal over the last few seasons. And with regards to some of the teams that you did upgrade quite a bit with regards to what they brought in via the transfer portal, were there maybe a few classes that you were higher on than others? Because obviously when Kansas brings in Hunter Dickinson, that flows college basketball away, everything that we saw from Villanova, that's all well and good. But were there a few players slash a few teams in general that you thought, man, my model has these guys as big upgrades where maybe the public isn't seeing that quite as much? I think the team for me that falls in that category is Florida. So a lot of the guys that Florida brought in are guys that are not necessarily the most prolific scorers for the teams that they came from. But when you look at the impact that their incoming transfers had at their previous schools and how it projects going into the SEC, my model is really high on a lot of these guys. So, you know, Walter Clayton, Micah Hanlogden, Tyree Samuel, a lot of really impressive pieces that Florida brought in that I think is going to really make them a very formidable team this year. And so that's part of why I have Florida's incoming transfer class, as well as their overall transfer activity, number one in the country, which is not necessarily what a lot of other people have. I can see what their coaching staff is doing and trying to identify guys who are going to really make a big impact in SEC. So I'm very impressed with their work there. And I do think that Florida is going to be an interesting team this season as year number one under Todd Golden didn't necessarily go the best, but I think that bringing in some like Walter Clayton, who you mentioned, I think that they are going to be able to make a big impact for them as Evan Miyakawa does great work over at his website, evanmia.com. Great statistician is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And with that as well, I know you've got so many different metrics that you take a look at offensive ratings, defensive ratings, true tempo, list goes on and on. Is there anything to just chemistry and teams like a Marquette, like a Florida Atlantic, being able to have all of their guys from the previous offseason? Because I think that that's one of the biggest things that I personally do wrestle with as well. How I gauge these teams when it comes to the night number one, as opposed to the end of the season, because we do see a lot of teams with Arkansas being the chief example of them that Typically, they'll have a lot of new pieces and they'll struggle early. But those of us that play something like our way too early top 25, we look stupid at the beginning of the year. And then at the end of the year, they show that true potential and then they make a nice run. Absolutely. Roster continuity is one of the defining factors into how I predict team performance. It doesn't make a huge, huge difference, but there is definitely a trend for teams that have a lot of returning minutes, roster continuity from one season to the next versus teams that have a lot of new pieces, whether it be that 
freshmen or transfers. It doesn't mean that those teams who brought in new pieces can't be good by the end of the season. But like you said, the chemistry is something that needs to be worked on. And so there is a slight boost for teams in my preseason projections who carry a lot of the same players from the year before. So Marquette's a great example of that. They notoriously have gone the opposite direction of where most coaches have gone in terms of really leaning on the transfer portal. They have not brought in any transfers and they're still looking like a really strong team this year. They've kept almost everybody. Florida Atlantic, like you said, another example, because of the fact that they didn't start looking for guys in the portal, I think that gave more incentive for their guys on their team last year who made the Final Four to return, and almost all of them did. That's really exciting for them. Marquette, though, is the big example of that. I have them in the top 10 in my preseason. I think that Marquette is going to be in for a very solid year. Probably going to need to work on that rebounding just as coach, but I do like what they're bringing back. And for what they didn't provide in rebounding, they're provided in being able to just rip the ball away from opponents as well. So I think that they're going to be one to take a look at this year. And just looking at your preseason projections, I'm not going to announce them all right now, but it does feel like you've got a lot of love for the Big East, a conference that personally, the more I look at them, I still have the Big 12 as my top overall conference. But I think that the Big East is really making a case for being that number two conference with really having, in my opinion, a big four. Some might call it a big three, but Creighton, Marquette, who we were talking about, obviously UConn and Villanova, I think are all teams that at some point this year are going to be in like the top 12, top 15. And I think that all these teams can make a lot of noise nationally. Yeah, I have a conference strength metric on my website, which looks at the strength of a conference from top to bottom. And the Big 12, like you said, is number one. Big East is actually number four, but that's because the Big East is really top heavy. Like you said, there's four teams in my preseason projections that are in the top 20, Creighton at five, UConn at six, Marquette at nine, all of those in the top 10, and then Villanova right inside the top 20. So yeah, when you look at potential final four candidates, the Big East is loaded with them. And I think that's what makes this conference really fun is when you have several teams, not just your Villanova from the past, but teams like Creighton, UConn, Marquette, that all can challenge and are all going to compete with each other on a nightly basis. So I would not be shocked if we have a one or two seed come March Madness from the Big East from that top four. I think that it's going to be really fun to take a look at those teams, as you mentioned. With a team like a DePaul, they certainly do hurt the Big East ratings, but those top four teams, I think, are going to be in for an excellent year. Joining me on the show, we do have Evan Mikau. He does great work over at EvanMia.com. And Evan, I know you, much like myself, are taking a look at a little bit of handicapping as well. Something that you've been doing a little bit more of last few years is comparing some of your models, some of your projections, and putting them against the Vegas Lions. Are you planning on doing a little bit more of that this year? And are you taking a look at things? Because obviously, we don't know the Lions quite yet for night number one. We aren't going to be getting those for a few weeks, but I know you've been specializing that a little bit more. Yeah, last year was my first year officially publicly tracking my game predictions in terms of best bets, which were games where I felt like my predicted spread was far enough away from the Vegas lines that there was confidence in taking that. And the record was pretty good last year. I have had a major overhaul with my team ratings this summer, and I haven't fully revealed it yet, but I can give a little bit of a sneak preview. And I think it's especially going to be handy when it comes to handicapping games and making better game predictions. One of the problems that I have seen over the past several years with very common college basketball team efficiency-based ratings is that all of them are based on how many points a team would beat an average team by. So when you see, you know, in a typical year, Gonzaga or Houston at the top, what it's basically saying is when you look at all of the games that they've played, on average, they would beat an average team by the more than any other team would. However, this 
lacks some context because there are some teams who are really good at playing up to good competition and struggle in beating lower competition. And there are teams that are vice versa. Gonzaga is very good at beating up on mediocre WCC teams. They're better than most other top teams at this. And that's part of why their efficiency ratings are often boosted in seasons when they're, say, a top five team and they run the table in the WCC. But when it comes to tournament time, they might struggle in some seasons a little bit more with higher competition. So this is a contextual variable that's important to take into account. You have other teams that are the flip. In past years, Alabama has been a great example of this. They can knock off the number one team on any given night, but they can also drop a loss to a sub 100 team. So something that I've started to incorporate in my team ratings, and this will be kind of fully unveiled before the season starts, are these contextual metrics for each team that basically not only tell you in general how good they are, but also do they play better or worse against different styles of teams, teams that are better than them, teams that are worse than them, teams that play faster or teams that play slower. How is their performance affected? And then you can apply all of these things to specific game predictions. So an example would be last year in the tournament when Purdue notoriously lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue was ranked as a number one seed for good reason. I think part of that was because they throttled Big Ten competition. Against the really good teams, Purdue had a great game plan and they executed well. But one of the problems was that they weren't as convincing in other games that they had against, say, sub-100, sub-150 teams. And if using this new team rating model that I'm going to have this year, if we had been using this last year, it would have identified that Purdue struggled more than normal against bad teams and played really well against good teams. And my game predictions would have been shifted a couple points in FDU's favor. So this is the kind of thing that I'm really excited to debut this season and see how it's going to impact game predictions. This is just a little bit of a taste of what I'll have coming out, but I'm really excited about this. And I think it's going to make the way that you look at team ratings very fresh because it's not just going to be how good is this team overall, but specifically how good is this team relative to other teams in their general ranking pool? Are they better than this team? Are they better than Um, Are they worse than this team? And kind of ranking them accordingly based on these contextual variables. I think that that is something so interesting to take a look at. And to your point, it always is how many points on average does Team X beat Team Y by what have you? And how much do you find just in general that there's a lot of games that they don't necessarily land on that Vegas line? Now, every single time you see one, you see like Bad Beats, Scott Van Pelt, what have you. It certainly does make a lot of news, but I think to your point as well, there are a lot of games where you might have a spread of, say, five, six, something like that, and it lands on, like, the underdog winning outright or the team that was favored just being in a completed utter boat racing, and I do think that it is interesting to try to balance all that because if you take, like, a 15-point win and a 15-point loss, that puts them as a net equal, even though neither of those games were even close to that minus five that I was mentioning before. Exactly. And you'll have some teams like Colorado last year in the beginning of the season. If you look at their resume from last year, they beat some top 25 teams and they lost to several sub 300 teams. So clearly, if Colorado is coming off of a, you know, five point win against a top 25 team last year, that didn't actually mean a lot for how they would perform against really bad teams. So that's helpful information for us to know. And I think we're going to actually have that at our disposal this season with my new team ratings methodology. So I'm excited about that. That is going to be a lot of fun. And something else that we've got to talk about is glue guys. As Evan Miyakawa, he does tremendous work over at his website, evanmia.com. is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Oops. And I know that Purdue is giving you a little bit of love. And I know that so many others as well. You've been doing a great job of taking a look at glue guys. Like, 
for Purdue, for example, they were tweeting out that you were really giving some love to Braden Smith and Caleb first for their teams as you're quite high on Purdue this season. But how do you gauge these glue guys and what all goes into it? Because we always talk about them, but I always feel like it's really hard to put metrics and numbers behind what we're actually seeing with a guy that maybe isn't putting up like 15 plus points per game or anything like that. But you know that they're really having an impact when they're out there on the court. This is something that I'm very passionate about is trying to quantify and measure players who are not stat stuffers, but have a big, big impact for their team when they're on the floor. And this is one of the huge advantages of using my player value metric Bayesian performance rating because it does count somewhat towards, you know, waiting, scoring, rebounding, things like that. But it also looks at the end result of plays or possessions when a player is on the floor. So if a player is on the floor and having a big impact on team performance, whether or not he is accruing lots of stats, his BPR is going to be reflected accordingly. So one of the things that I'm able to do is look at guys who maybe are under certain scoring thresholds, like say under 12 points a game, they're not a top two or three leading scorer on their team, but their BPR is still really good, which basically means that they're just as important a piece for their team's success as say the team's leading scorer. So one of the things I was able to do this preseason, and I wrote an article about it in the Almanac, which you can go check out, is the top 20 returning glue guys in college basketball based on their Bayesian performance rating last year, specifically looking at guys who don't average a lot of points, but had a huge impact. They did a lot of the little things, the things that don't necessarily get quantified in the stat sheet, but lead to team success as a result. So I'm really excited to be able to highlight guys like that. The top returning glue guy based on the article that I did is Tristan Newton from UConn. I think we saw a lot of this throughout their final four run that Newton was not their primary scorer, but he was their do everything point guard running the offense well and facilitating the defense as well. Like you said, Braden Smith from Purdue is on that list. Mitchell Saxon is another one from St. Mary's who's in the top several players there. So this is a fun, useful way of being able to look at guys who might be typically underappreciated, but are having a really big impact when they're on the court. Oh, absolutely. And is there things that go into this a little bit more advanced than just plus minus as well? Because I know that you do a great job of this and a lot of people, I do try to look at plus minus and try to gauge a little bit from that. And I mean, I think that that certainly is a little bit of a part of it as well. But what all does go into Bayesian performance and these glue guys other than plus minus? Yeah, so plus minus is a good starting point, but there's a lot of contextual information that's lost. Uh, like, for example, plus minus doesn't tell you anything about the strength of opposition or other teammates that your teammates that you're playing with or game script. So what Bayesian performance rating does, it essentially looks at the end result of every possession. But what it does is it adjusts for the strength of all other players on the court. If a coach always puts a player in to guard the opponent's best player, he'll receive a boost in his rating for that. If he's always put in with other scrubs on his own team and he's having to lift the team, it accounts for that. Um, It accounts for game script as well. It handles these situations a lot more nicely than just looking at raw plus minus, which can be pretty misleading. And it does still account for some box score statistic based information because, you know, if you have two players who always are on the floor together, but one averages 30 points a game and the other averages two points a game, I think we're pretty sure which one of those players is the more impactful player. So there still is some box score information in there, but in general, a lot of it is based on when a player is on the court adjusting for the strength of all other players who are playing, how well is the team performing on offense and defense when that player is on the court? Yep, I think that that is something so good that you do that you take a look at it. Joining me on the show, we do have Evan Mia Cowell of EvanMia.com. And then I know there was one other thing that you were taking a look at last year, and that was kill shots. You were looking at these teams that they go on 10 plus point runs and they give up 10 plus 
point runs as well. What did you gauge from that? And is that something that you're going to be doing moving forward in order to try to gauge these teams a little bit better? Because I thought that that was something so fun that you were taking a look at last season. And I was able to gain some good intel from some of these teams, like we were mentioning a little bit before, that in a spread of five, they either win by 15 or they lose by 15 without a lot of in-between. Yeah, so a kill shot is defined as any time that a team scores at least 10 or more points unanswered, which is a really great indicator in general of teams that go on scoring runs or are, you know, say, streaky within games. This can be a pretty helpful way of determining teams that are never out of a game, even if they're down by 10 or 15, they can flip the script really quick. Or similarly, if a team doesn't give up many kill shots, that means that a lead is more safe when they're in the lead. So in general, this is a really interesting and fun way of you know identifying some nuance within team performance that we don't specifically capture. And I think especially come tournament time, it's really fun for people to track which teams going into the tournament have lots of kill shots, which teams give them up often. Teams that have lots of kill shots, these 10-0 runs, and also give them up a lot are teams that I would consider in the streaky category. In other words, no lead is safe either direction. If they're down by a lot, they could flip the script. If they're up, they could lose it. And so that makes in-game lines really interesting there. But yeah, in general, that's something I'm going to continue to track this season. As the season's going along, on my website, on the team ratings page, you can track how many kill shots, kill shots per game, conceded, et cetera, that teams have. And I'm always interested in just you know providing more nuanced analysis on that. So if you pay attention to my Twitter, you'll see me talk about it throughout the season. Absolutely. And Evan, you are doing such good work taking a look at this game of college basketball. Every year you add a little bit of something new to the fold. Last year was a lot of kill shot data. I remember when we were unfortunately going through COVID a few years ago, you were taking a look at those teams coming off of a layoff, and that was very useful for myself. You do such great work in terms of the analytics front of college basketball. So let the good people at home know it's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so my website is evanmia, E-V-A-N-M-I-Y-A.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at the same username. I have a substack now, blog.evanmia.com, where I'm starting to put out different articles and anecdotes. I had an article up today kind of analyzing some of the trends from the preseason team projections. So you can keep track of that there. Those are the main places that you can find me. Absolutely. Evan does such tremendous work taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball from such a great analytics front every single time he joins this podcast. He makes us all smarter. So big thanks, Evan, for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is by Twitter slash X timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, there's the M. They mean, does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five that five-star review. We've got just two conference previews to do. We've got the Big 12, which that should be up within the next 48 hours. My goal is to have that up for you tomorrow. If it's not up tomorrow, it is going to be up by the end of the weekend. And then we've got the Pac-12 as well, which I'm going to be doing next week. So we've got you guys all prepared there. And here in the final three weeks before the start of the college basketball season, just taking a look at any angles. And please do send in those questions that you've got for the start of the college basketball season. I will do my best to answer as many of those, get you guys all set for success. And then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. I appreciate you guys tuning in today. I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow. And we're getting closer and closer, you guys. So thank you so much for being with me. And the wait, it is soon to be over.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 